Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day uh, celebrates big time the people who are making this such an amazing place to live, work, and play. Hey, we've got a great show today. We're going to be talking with Mayor Fofo Gillage here in just a second. But I want to share um, a couple of quotes with you, and I'll tell you who these are by in just a second. But here's the first one. When you have a good time, there is no time. When you have a good time, there is no time. You know, Think about it for a second. When you go for a walk on the beach, it's almost like time kind of freezes in that moment. Think about it. You're not really thinking about time when you're doing that. I like to, I've often said that when I'm in the outdoors, whether I'm with family or friends or just by myself, um, it feels like time kind of freezes in that moment. And when you're there, Again, you're not thinking about time. You're just thinking about sort of being one with nature, so to speak. Or when, you, when you're spending time with like a, a special person or maybe your family, um, you know, in those moments when you're most happy, when you're most surrounded by the people that you care about, time does kind of freeze in, in that moment. But it's when, it's when you look back on those moments, those moments that at the time seem like there's no time, is when you realize how fast time flies. Time flies so fast. And I think in this COVID time that we're in right now, uh, I think it's a great reminder sometimes to kind of pause for a second and just remember how cherished you know this moment is, whatever that moment is, wherever you are in your life. Here's another quote. I got two more I'm going to share. Um, I think things just uh, I think things just happen to people. That's that's healthier. I feel. Uh, excuse me, that's healthier, I feel, than believing there's some grand scheme and that your story is already written in some book of life. Books get rewritten. Uh, I thought that was uh, pretty pretty strong. And here's the last one. Valuable people are undervalued. Think about that for a second. There are a lot of valuable people in this community that are incredibly undervalued because a lot of times people don't even know who they are. And this shows about bringing attention to all these incredible people who are trying to make a difference. Well, anyway, all three of those quotes are by Bob Saget, who, who passed away this week. Um, I think his death is another vivid reminder that life is short. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people th- contemplate the reality that life is short. I think, unfortunately, too many people have to, especially during during the, uh, the pandemic. But if you read about Bob Saget and what's being said about him and what's being writ- written about him, he had a lot of friends in his life. You know, he cared about the people who were around him. And, uh, and there, there's just been this in- incredible outpouring around him. Uh, so as we reflect on this life, you know, the, what, whether it's his or ours, I think there's a, there's a lot to learn about, you know, how do we want our legacy to be? You know, do we, and in his particular case, I think he, he lived his life the way that he wanted to. Um, and la- here's a last quote by Bob Saget. I think it's a, it's a terrific and important lesson. When you've seen a lot of bad stuff and just want to enjoy your life and be happy and have your kids happy and have your friends happy, you just have a value system where it raises the bar on what's important. 
you know, I think you know, he believed that if we don't evolve, evolve in our lives, that we get stagnant, that life's about learning. And I'll often say on this show that the more we learn, the more we better learn how much we don't know. Um, that this quest to learn and this quest to live by example, uh, these are some of the key reasons why uh, I started Coastview a couple of years ago. And I agree with Bob Saget when he talks a lot, you know, not long before he passed away, unfortunately, but he talked a lot about the negative world that we live in and that we need more positivity. We need less criticism. We need less politics and political division and more, more efforts to bring people together. And I talk about social media's role and all that too often. Um, I was doing some reading about him this morning. I found where he, this quote that he gave the Wyoming Tribute Eagle in Wyoming. Uh, and here's what, here's what he said. But my job is getting people to think and just resonate positiveness or love, if possible. Well, that's the goal of Coast View. That's, that's what I want to do. And I appreciate Bob uh, Saget raising the bar and leaving a, a positive legacy for us to, to, uh, to lead. Uh, there's a lot of inspiration in his life. Just go, just go take a look. And now let's shift gears. Let's move to my friend, the mayor of the city of Biloxi, Mayor Fofo Gillish. How you doing, Fofo? I'm doing great, man. I, I just uh, love that opening. You know, as it applies to me, Fofo, and understanding so many things. True. You know, when you get emerged in, in things you love and, and and what counts for you, and and you know, time does fly by. I can, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a testimonial to that, especially when it comes to a lot of things, you know, family and who you love, what counts to you for you and and what, what well, where are we in this place in the universe right now? I mean, you, you know, personally, with my granddaughter having overcome some things starting in the middle of uh, March the 20th, with, you know, uh, with some diagnoses that now two years later, almost instantaneously, you can see it overnight. So, I mean, really, you know, uh, Bob and some of his philosophy of life, man, really counts. And, you know, when you think about you and how it applies to your your, your personal being and, and uh, focus in life, I think it, it really hits the nail on the head. So, uh, you know, it, 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 talking about just, I made me some notes as you've been listening, but, uh, you know, talking about how time flies, just with you, you know, it, it, when you have these conversations with people who matter to you, it does fly by, you know, yeah. it, you get emerged and that's what's uh, what makes things fly by, you know. I'm looking back on, uh, I'm not gonna give you the state of the city or anything like that, but this is seven years I'm in the middle of this stuff, you know, and it seems like it was yesterday. Yeah, but hey, you love it, you breathe it, you think it, and it does fly by. Just like I said, these conversations, you when, when Cecilia was talking about, you know, doing, you know, 50, 60 minutes with you, it goes, it goes by like nothing. So uh, that's a, you know, a tribute to both of us and, and the need to understand that need to figure things out. I think that's what uh, keeps us all young. So, you know, in the pandemic, you know, I, I think about a lot of a lot of this in the pandemic, you know, how short life is, you know, the reflection on that. You and I have lost too many people that we know yeah. uh, as a result of the pandemic. Right. But but life is short. And some, you know, we, we still come in touch with, you know, get in touch with people who um, who are so wound up <laughs> and. And not not taking a deep breath, you know. I had a great inter, uh, conversation with a with a international pilot last week, and and he said that 
one of one of his advices to people when they fly. But this, I, I would say, this is great advice just going through life is that don't let other people's frustrations sort of tee you up. You know, too too many times people are you know they go to a situation and you don't know what they what they're going through. You don't know the the challenges they're having in their life, and it all of a sudden comes to fruition. And too many people allow themselves to get kind of caught up in that. You know, I had a great conversation with with Wendy McDonald, who's chairman of the foundation in Hancock County. And she said that nurses tell her that the number one thing that, that the advice that, that, that nurses would give to the general public is, please understand what medical professionals are going through and don't bring all this angst with you when you have to go seek medical care. Just be empathetic. Understand that these are very trying times right now. But, you know, we move, people move too fast and they, you know, as I often say, busy, busy, busy. And uh, they don't take a deep breath and, and realize that let's, let's take a step back, take a deep breath and enjoy the moment. People do have a tendency to get kind of wound up in situations like this, don't they? Well, they do. But, you know, it, it, to me, and, and, and you know, you, you know me, you, you know, you know what me, I like a fast game. OK, if you know what I mean, this is a fast game we live in. And, and it's, you know, the need to understand, get you, you know, if, if you if you had that drive to, hey, let me figure this out. Once I figure things out, then it, it's there. But once you figure it out, you got to process it on to figure it out. And that's what gives me, you know, uh, I don't mind playing fast a lot of times. You, you know me, I, I think fast and I, I talk fast too. So it's yeah. a lot of times too What's much, the- but that's okay. That's me. You know, you don't see any frustration. You know, you can put a, a blood pressure monitor on me and you, you understand that's just the way it is. You know, you know, we talk about a lot of times about our training with at the Savonia Lodge. You know, you got to be able to... Uh, to uh, pivot, and that's good. It, yeah. that's, that's my deal, I think. Well, one of the, I tell you, I've, I've had long conversations with other elected officials about this. I don't know that you and I have ever talked about this in particular, but it's hard to be an elected official these days in a social media world. Now, oh. Serena, your wife is on social media. You're not. Okay. Your team is on social media. But you don't let the noise of social media get you down, do you? No, I hear it, you know, and, and, you know, I understand how people see some of these things, but, you know, talking about, you know, the different entities, you understand whose responsibility is to change a light, might be MDOT or or, or a boat that washes up on the beach, might be the Coast Guard, okay, and people you hear, why aren't you doing this? Well, you know, there's a lot of things to it, so uh, I understand what they don't understand and that's why i can kind of you know roll with the punch or or take the punch but anyway that, that mean it's it's all part of the ball game i'm not you know bitching and moaning and groaning about uh the things you know that i've chosen to do with uh you know with the city of Bluxy and the place i love and the families and, and the people i love so that's that's uh you know part of Part of the ball game. And one last yeah, quick no. question: um, do, do they do they share with you uh, oh. negativity on social media? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet they try to, but I, I bet you say, "Okay, that's the, <laughs> so be no, it." They do, and they're not shy about it. And you know, and me, you know, my voice goes up when, when I respond, and, and, and it's especially with the people you love, and and, and something that touches a button, you, you naturally do that. But they know that in 10 seconds, I'm done, you know, with, with uh, my reaction, so. But well, look, let's do this. We're going to continue the conversation with Fofo Gillish, the mayor of the city of Alexia, after this, and we're going to talk about what's going on in the city these days. There's a lot to talk about. We'll see you after this, after this break.
Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. Uh, I enjoyed the first part of the conversation because, you know, the, the, the reality is that there's a lot to think about. There's a lot to reflect about just in terms of the human condition these days with the pandemic and all. Okay, so we're going to shift gears now. There, I mean, the city city's had nearly a million dollars in development just in the past past year there's contemplation about the new pop Surrey road bridge as we need to talk about mardi gras i mean there's a there's a lot to talk about but let's start with covid the latest in covid what, what's your latest thinking as it relates to where we are mayor well you know in, in talking about we just rescheduled a couple of events mainly the state of the city was going to happen on january 18th just to be be cautious and and you know the the state of the city will, will can be moved a few weeks i think we reschedule that but i really didn't want to do that but i didn't want to have the uh, ability to impact you know in a super spreader kind of event i want, didn't want to take that chance but as far as things like uh mardi gras hey we're gonna roll the dice and hopefully this thing will blow through uh and and not impact you just never know what what's gonna happen but every weekend so then this here and that here and 10 people came up with covid and, and thankfully you know especially friends that i you know work through this this omicron kind of thing it's just more of a uh you know uh, not not as impactful as as, uh, as Delta and those things, but we're hopeful of that, and we're rolling yeah. the dice that in a couple of months we're we're you know we can be back to uh, you know to to the our way of life. You know, well, I have the uh, the honor and pleasure of having Dr. Nicholas Conger, the infectious disease doctor from Memorial, on on a regular basis. In fact, he's supposed to be on this week, and for the first time, I actually had to cancel. Because they're busy. <laughs> they're busier than normal. Now, the good news about Omicron, as you pointed out, is that while there are still people seeking medical attention, some people are being hospitalized, the severity is not as great as what we experienced with Delta. At least that continues to be the situation. And the other is that it is it's highly, highly contagious. So it's spreading right. like wildfire. And one of the things that he talked to us about is that as a pandemic runs its way through, uh, through a, a population, we're going to see mutations along the way that it, that hopefully, if it runs its course the way it normally does, that they may become more contagious, but they're going to become less severe. We hope that that continues to be the case. And the other thing is that we're going to see spikes along the way as we see new variants come across. If you look at the current um, spike as it relates to Omicron, it's significant. I mean, it's really, really significant. No. And I'll say, too, that this is a... That spike is based on what's being reported. These are the official uh, testing sites that are all over coastal Mississippi. And if you've been by one re recently, the cars are forever long trying to get in to get tested. But um, so what you see is that, you know, th that's what's being reported from those testing sites. What you don't know is the number of people who are doing the home tests. A lot of these home tests are out there now. So I don't think it's a completely accurate reflection. In fact, I think that the spike is even greater than they say. But the good news about the spike is that it means that it will burn itself through faster. And this, you know, coming back to your point, we get to the end of February. Hopefully, the Omicron will sort of have kind of run through the population for the most part and that we will be finding once again 
maybe for the second or third time, whatever our new normal is going to be. That's sort of your thinking as well, isn't it? Exactly. You know, it's a, it, some semblance or some percentage of, of where we are just, and we did take a lot of things for granted. Nobody, you know, 10, 15 years ago, this, you know, this, this threat, I think there was a little bit of coming out of Africa with, with some of those, you know, really deadly uh, of course, this was very deadly, but you know that was just oh yeah maybe so. But you know this is it. This is real, and and, yeah. and we're in the middle of it. They can look back and you know uh, the uh, uh, 1918 you know flu virus. It took them two and a half years to to get get it done. And uh, the Spanish flu again. You and I talked about nothing Spanish about the Spanish flu, yeah. but uh, yeah. you know. And I just noticed today. I think that uh, there are 20 million people. In China, that you can't even come out your house. So, yeah, I didn't hear a lot about Europe and and uh, those kinds of things. But I know some of my relatives in Croatia; they've really taken it seriously, and no chances. And, and so, uh, you know, we just know what's happening pretty much in you know in our neighborhood on a daily basis, and we watch it too. But uh, yeah, no, we, man, I'm just you know say a prayer that that you know in three or four months we, we'll be able to take a you know, exhale and say, okay, we're, uh, we're ready for the rest of the year. Well, we're seeing, we're seeing good data come out of Australia specifically. And then of course a growing body of evidence just around the world that a combination of vaccinations and people who have gotten uh, COVID, a combination of those things right. helps ultimately uh, fight this thing off. And, um, it's amazing, though, if you think back, I mean, just a few weeks and we just heard about the emergence of Omicron and then and here it is, it's, you know, burning through the population incredibly rapidly. Right. And, um, you know, I think we've learned better how to live with it. You know, I mean, you got to you got to be smart, though, in the midst of that peak at the very height of the peak. I'm not sure that's when you want to have a state of the state address. And that's <laughs> exactly. why you guys. That's why you guys changed it for sure. Um, but you get, you've uh, you've been doing a lot of thinking about your state of the state address. In fact, I bet I bet as a mayor, you're. I don't know that this is the context you're bringing to every you know all your thoughts, but I bet you're always thinking about okay when I get the state of the state. It might be six months from now. It might be three months from now. It might be a month from now. Right. When I get the state of the state address. What is the accountability that I'm bringing? What are the results that I'm bringing? What am I going to say? You're constantly in that frame of mind, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I am. I mean, you know, like I said, I, I love every day I walk in this in this room and and, and to uh, to see, hey, what is the hand I have to play today? And, but you know, that just like I said, it's almost like a dice game. You know, whether it's high stakes or low stakes, you know, you're going to play the hand like it's best played. And uh, but it, it's so much opportunity and so much, so many ideas coming to the office, whether it's, you know, uh, keeping the, the level of oxygen in the bay because shrimp processing down, you know, or, or the ability to put a billion dollars worth of projects together in, in a, you know, a reasonable and fair way or save some of the trees that are uh, that are, are subject to uh, expansion, like, uh, you know, the uh, straightening out of, uh, of uh, 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 Duquesne curve. And, and but it, it's, it's, uh, that, that keeps my, you know, uh, no cholesterol in me, and me because of because my my blood pumps and, 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 and it, it's good, it uh, it's good. So, uh, but you know, as far as the state of the state, we actually, and I think it does work out well for us because I'm hoping to say the stuff that we've been talking about since 2015. I'm in the seventh year, right? Seven is a pretty good number, and uh, you know, just like when you shoot dice. What's the most popular number out of the 36? Seven, right? You make it five and two, four, three, or six, one. 
Okay, so seven's a good year. You know, and, and seven, so we're going to show you pictures. I want to show you a little bit. I don't know if you can see. I didn't mean to do that, but you see, that's the boardwalk, right? Hold, hold it up, hold it up higher. Yeah, right. Of course, yes. Uh, yeah, and that's what we want to see. Those are good things. Hey, we're gonna be you can be walking on these things that we've been talking about for five years, or you know, for seven years. We're gonna be opening Division Street. Okay, and we're gonna be doing some of the things. Or Bayview, where we used to see a lot of boat races. My hope, and, and by then, that's gonna be done. Ribbons cut. Okay, February thirteenth. We got probably. If you think about the Apollo program and the moon and you just hear about Webb, the Webb telescope. Okay, well we got a, a pretty proud, pretty. A, a blockchain that we're really proud of that on the February 13th, the founder, the founding day when Diabaville discovered Biloxi, okay, we're going to have a six foot eight, six foot six statue of Fred Hayes going up at, at the lighthouse. So one explorer facing the other explorer, and it's going to look like on top of the, so that's going to happen. So these things that we've been kicking around, talking about, will be done. And, and uh, but there are other big things on the radar. You know, it could be a couple of billion dollars and stuff that we we got cooking. And you know, if you don't throw things against the wall, none of them will stick. You don't have the opportunity for any of them to stick. We got a lot of things that we're exploring. I'm a, I'm aware of at least one, maybe two of the things that you're mentioning that are in that you know billion dollar range. And to to my my assessment of them is is, is actually even is greater than. Maybe it might stick to the wall. There's some real possibilities of some of these projects that could be incredibly transformative to Biloxi. That continue to put Biloxi on the map as a destination uh, for for tourism and and for leisure. And you you, know, you got to look you know up forward five ten years and see. Wow, I mean there there's some big stuff underway for the city, isn't there? No question. Just in you know in in just. Thinking back a little bit, some of the things the Josette's building, the old Borden's Milk building, there's going to be 19 apartments right there. We've got other opportunities. You're talking about hundreds of homes, you know, that are going up. Uh, we talk about on the peninsula, 19,000 jobs, only 9,000 places to live, okay? Right now, uh, the national say, you know, this is what people are looking for, places to live in a quality of life spot that they can enjoy a lot of people the trend is work from home right so yeah you do it in a place you love and it's easy and, and, and you know safe friendly and beautiful hey we're, we're on top of the heap looking for you know uh you know uh, for people to move in well we'll t we're gonna actually we'll talk a little bit more about that part that Biloxi lost a considerable number of homes uh, in Katrina, and, and a, a lot of those didn't come back. And what we're seeing is a lot of apartment building uh, building right now, some one of the largest ever in the city's history, underway as we speak. And then on top of that, you've got these discussions around mixed use, which is the point that you were just making. I want to we'll center on that for just a second because some great opportunity there. And then we'll get the update on where they are with the Pops Ferry Road Bridge and other projects that are underway as well. We'll see you after this break with uh, Fofo Gillich, the mayor of the city of Biloxi. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews, brought to you by AGJ Systems and Networks on Supertalk 103.1 FM. 
Welcome back to Coast View. We have Mayor Fofo Gillich of the city of Alexi. Hey, when we went to break, we were beginning to talk a little bit about, uh, he mentioned that 19 additional units on top of the Josette's building. When you think about on top of, so, so something's going down on, at the ground level. So that's that's what we refer to as a mixed use. There, there could be some kind of commercial entity, could be a restaurant, could be a bar, could be some kind of professional office. It could be a bunch of different things. But then you have some kind of living capabilities up above. Uh, we see this sort of emergence of mixed use all across coastal Mississippi. When you think about the cities that make up coastal Mississippi, each has their own unique existence, their own sense of place. And people aspire to go to, go to those places. I mean, they want to live in those places. If you think about it, and I've said this a lot on the show before, but I think it helps to repeat it, that the old industrial model was to go out and try to get a big plant or a big headquarters or whatever and have them relocate there. And it could be thousands of jobs involved in that. And so Certainly, the state is still very much engaged in those kinds of activities. But there was sort of a new age to economic development that is around what we call the new economy, which is that that people can almost live, work, or play anywhere and work right. for a company that actually is headquartered in New York or California right. or Seattle. Yep. And so what, what's happening now is that you're seeing an incredible emergence of an entire labor force. We'll never be back to where we were before the pandemic. There's always going to be some type, for most major companies, some type of quasi um, uh, work situation where they do some meetings in, in office, but they do a lot of stuff remotely. Remote is going to be the name of the game going forward. So what remote work and the emergence of, uh, or I would say, emergence of remote was actually happening before Hurricane Katrina, excuse me, before the pandemic. But the fact is that that's been sped up. So what 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 uh, what disasters do is they speed up trends that were there before the trend started. So the pandemic happens, remote work was a big deal. It's even bigger deal today. So what you're what you're seeing is that people are choosing now the communities they want to live in. And the and the young people who are part of what they call the creative class. This could be architects, it could be planners, it could be creative artists, it could be graphic artists, it could be a wide number of people. Right. They're picking communities they want to live, work, and play in, and they're working the, and they're living there. And they may actually work for a company, like I said, in Texas or, or California. Uh, this is a big deal. The other thing that's been happening is that people for many, many years wanted to go live out in the country. Well, what we're seeing now is that people are wanting to come back. They're wanting to move back and get closer to where they work. And this is certainly true of the younger people who are coming into the workforce these days. And there, that is why across coastal Mississippi, you're seeing a lot of conversations about mixed use. Mixed use is sort of the name of the game today. As it relates to Biloxi, and you heard what I just said, I mean, this this creates an, an, an enormous opportunity for the city of Biloxi, doesn't it, Fofo? It does. It does. And we're positioned, you know, as you, as you mentioned, to plan it more so than a lot of other cities. You know, we want this this action that people will enjoy living around to be not, uh, you know, white knuckle where you can't find a parking place or just too hard to get to, or you just can't enjoy coming out on your balcony and having a good time. We've seen a little bit of, of, of that in, in some of the things we did at the Town Green with the Bucktown All-Stars and some of these other things. People love being around that action. And if you've got it, you know, the venue planned the right way, then it's a winner. You know, we got so many things. We've got a, a cool, you know, with all kinds of history back to 1941, that strip, that Howard Avenue, 
with that you know that brick dance floor so to speak is is where it is and then you couple it with just a block you know you can walk to the beach you can walk to a, a casino you can see world-class a lot of things so i mean the, you know the 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 orbit is, is is proper for for the the growth that I think we're we're planning on seeing, you know, with the bark building ground zero. Okay, they, uh, ground zero is coming up in just a, a few short weeks. That's only going to add to uh, uh, the, the potential. And, and uh, but what I'm what I'm trying to get across is, hey, we're planning on some of the not mistakes, but. You know, just things happen. You talked about a little bit. Things do happen. Well, things happen, but you can kind of get positioned. So when it does happen, you got the solution. Yeah. I mean, if that makes sense, to, uh, that uh, that's my edge. I think we have with that pretty con, you know concise channel where things are going to be happening. Whether it's you know it's a non-casino, but tourism. Two people want to see that. Okay. And when you play in these, you know, the national trend, you look at about working from home, working remote, but, you know, people are not buying houses. The, pre the preference is to rent a place that gives you flexibility. And, you know, with the enormous challenges of, of buying things, and, you know, I, it's beyond me on some of the cost of materials and, and houses, it, it blows you away. But you yeah. can say, okay, hey, you can get in this for 2,400 a month or, or you know, 1,500 a month. Hey, that's easy. You know what you what you can have to do, and you you know yeah. you plan your life accordingly. And I think that's what we that's the thing that we've seen uh, in talking to uh, you know people who are developing. You know, and they see the same numbers. They see the same you know metrics as far as borrowing money and you know ROI return on the investment. So they you know I, I'm, uh, I'm I'm you know uh, comfortable that we're pushing in the right direction for. The Biloxi that you know we we all love and and have uh, grown up in. Some of us ain't grown up yet, but that's okay. <laughs> but yeah, hey, so what you've seen though in Biloxi, just generally beyond just mixed use, because that's an important conversation about how downtown becomes you know viable and life's there again, and all the opportunities there to increase the number of people there. But just in general, the number of uh, future households that are going to be opening up in the city of Biloxi, both rental and you know single family uh, housing. Uh, it's exciting to see that that taking off. It's taking some time, actually, to be honest with you. Thinking about thinking back uh, 16 years to Katrina, but yeah. it's happening now in the city, isn't it? Well, yeah, absolutely. You know, it, Arbor and some of these other folks have been throwing you know a couple of hundred apartments. But you saw right after Katrina, boom! How many thousands of apartments that were moved in Jackson County, you know, into into the Abbeville or, or Northern? But now you can see that. You know, there's a little bit of age on them now, but hey, boy, we want to move back this way, back to to the you know the epicenter, and I think that's that's a trend. So there are new opportunities for you know, and it's reflective of the people who've come into this office. That's what we want to do. Well, we're open. You know, this this Biloxi wasn't built on you can't do this. It's well, how can I help you? And and that's yeah. our philosophy. And, and and that that's what built us. You know. You know, uh, uh, from the beginning, and that's where we're going to uh, come back uh, uh, to the summit uh, by that attitude, I hope. Hey, so look, uh, we're going to shift gears. I want to kind of get your latest thinking on the flood insurance situation. I've got Frank Bordeaux and Ashley Edwards on next Monday, and we're going to break it all down. Actually, we're going to spend an entire hour going back to some of the challenges after Hurricane Katrina 
And then when the reauthorization happened, and essentially FEMA, FEMA's program for insurance, flood insurance, uh, in case people aren't paying attention to it, has been supplemented by the federal government for all of these years. And for many, 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 many years, there's been this conversation in the United States about how to make the FEMA flood insurance program um, essentially actuarially sound. Essentially, what that means is that it can pay for itself by virtue of the of the, of the uh, uh, payments that people have to make to, okay. to be a part of the program. There's a new program. It's been been talked about for some time, but now it's kind of hitting the forefront as we speak of 2.0, which is essentially an effort over the next several years to make the flood insurance program more financially viable. It really penalizes communities like ours that are along uh, and near water. Uh, what's your current thinking about that? Well, I think Frank's, you know, has been on top of this thing for years. I know we've gone to Washington a couple of times just looking at FEMA mapping and some of those things, but we are penalized. Uh, I say penalized because I think it needs to be more of a disaster kind of component than just flood. And now, you know, when you look at these maps and so forth, you know, there, there's been some disasters in California with, you know, mudslides and, and water slides. I think it all needs to be wrapped together to the spread you know, the, uh, the, the liability is not just, you know, a coastal and, and, and who's got the strongest represent, representation in Congress. Come on, man. It is, uh, you know, with earthquakes, with fires, with uh, these mudslides as a result of some of the heavy duty weather we've been seeing. Hey, and snow and, and those kinds of things. It needs to be spread. And I think, you know, without just picking on, you know, uh, a couple of miles off of, uh, you know, wherever uh, coastline we have, that's, that seems to me a, a fairer solution. Look at disaster. Not just don't say say flood, it's disaster. Spread that across, uh, you know, 200 million people. And it makes a little bit easier. And, and you know, FEMA's been, you know, pretty great as far as, uh, what they do and, and, and the amount of money they throw, but you know it, it's part of the deal. There's a, it, there's got you can't be there forever, so there's got to be some solution that at least makes sense. But it's a, it'll be well, a when you look at the when you look at the number of people who live near a coastline, not just necessarily on it, but near a coastline. Uh, I mean, I'm talking about as a percentage yeah. of the total population of America. It's it's, it's uh -huh. a huge number, and I think you know the thing that I've editorialized a lot about after Hurricane Katrina was because the highest storm surge in recorded history happened to come here. The ABFE requirements, in other words, the base flood elevation requirement for coastal Mississippi is higher than most right. other communities, only because we got hit. Now, if they had gotten hit by, by Katrina, theirs would be high also. But the That's point right. is, we end up getting unnaturally hit because a larger amount of our property because of Katrina is within flood zones today. And and we and so therefore we understand, you know, who needs to get it and who doesn't need to get it and all that. I get all that. But that was the disaster that caused that. And and your point is well taken. When we come back on the other side, we'll get the latest on the Pops Ferry Road Bridge and find out what else might be on the mayor's mind. See you after this. You can also listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Kosio. I have Mayor Popo Gillish of the city of Biloxi. And when we went to break, we were talking about big price increases coming with the flood insurance program because FEMA is working in this 2.0 process that they're going through to make the flood insurance program more financially viable. But as the mayor pointed out, this should be something that the entire country shares in and some sort of disaster response. Um, that we've got work to do as a federal government, and we can't force only those who live along the the waterways of of uh, of, of America to be the ones of, to bear the brunt. That's what's happening currently. And if you haven't gotten or haven't looked into what your if you get it flood insurance. If you haven't looked at what your impact is going to be, it's going to be 18% this year, then another 18%, and so on. There, there are a lot of uh, websites you can go to. Just look at the FEMA mapping or do FEMA flood insurance program. You'll find your way. Just do some Googling, and uh, you'll start to understand what the impact is going to be on you. It could be devastating for coastal Mississippi. So what we've really got to do is find a, another way. And we're probably, well, I don't say probably, we're not the only community in America that's going to be screaming as a result of this getting implemented now, but it's going to impact coastal Mississippians in a big way. And as I mentioned, Ashley Edwards from the Business Council and Frank Bordeaux is in the insurance business, and I will be having a conversation about this next Monday. We're going to talk about the whole history from beginning to end so you can begin to understand a little bit more depth behind what's up here and what some of the options might be for for addressing what are going to be some very high costs passed along to those of us who have flooding insurance. Um, okay. With that said, coming back to you, Mayor, late, well, you and I had a whole show where we talked about the Potsdam Road Bridge and uh, the, the proposal that United Bridge Partners has out there to almost entirely finance this project over a number of years um, and a, essentially what would be a turnkey operation for the city using a toll. What's, what's the latest on all that? Well, the latest is, you know, with the opportunity and the infrastructure bridge, yeah, let me kind of put it in perspective. Everybody talks about, you talking about the, the, the chatter on, on social media and so forth. Well, what about this, you know, this trillion dollar infrastructure? But Mississippi's getting 3.3 billion coming, you know, and pushed down to MDOT. And, and you know, how come we can't use this? Well, reality is, and the reason, a couple of reasons why we even ask uh, uh, a study to be made by, you know, and we'll get we didn't sign anything other than hey, you bring us the possibilities. They came up and said, look, we'll develop a possibility where you can be driving on this thing in four years. Okay. So that's it. Hey, just to look at that opportunity, what is it going to now? Uh, the the second part of the you know the, the chatter is okay. What about this three point three billion that Mississippi is getting allocated of the one point two trillion of that three point three billion coming to Mississippi? Two hundred and twenty five million of that is for bridges for the whole state of Mississippi. So we're talking about a hundred talking about the compounding thing one hundred eighty million right now. When we started talking about this in two thousand fifteen, it was like eighty million dollars for that bridge and another $80 million for the connection of, of uh, I-10 to uh, around that spot. So you can see what, you know, the, the steps it has taken. So bottom line, what chances do you think we have of getting, you know, $100 million or $80 million out of that two twenty-five dollars when that's allocated for the whole state? So we're kind of boxed in. Okay, there's a, there's a, you know, there's a way you can do it fast or there's a way you can try to get the funds but it's going to take 15 years, even if we knew we were confident of getting, you know, the permits, the money when, when it begins. So it's, it's not grim. It's just a reality 
Okay. I don't know the other day when it got cold, the first time it got cold and you know, the bridge kind of comes in and out and sometimes it doesn't fit because it's steel and it doesn't fit. And there's a guy with a big uh, crowbar trying to get, latch it in. Well, and I had three people on boats call me and it's hidden in the water trying to get through the bridge. So, yeah. you know, my point of the whole conversation is this is not just a Biloxi concern. This is a regional concern. Everybody who has industry on that seaway needs that bridge to open and close, you know, successfully. Meantime, between failures, you know, it's getting, you know, less. So it's failing more than you know. But anyway, basically, it's just, you know, what can you live by? Hey, hey I could. Uh, I could solve a problem, you know, or we could weld that thing shut, but no, but no industry would come through there. And so it, it, it's, a, you know, it's, hey, it, it, these are the facts, you know, just one, one of the one of the things that you and I talked about in the last meeting, and um, I think that really kind of resonated with me in a big way. I still am torn about the toll and, I, and I'm going to come down to what I think is really the question here and i'll come back to that in a second but the thing that you pointed out and you sort of leaned on it just then welding it shut and to see if industry along the seaway would appreciate that or not that this bridge is a city bridge it's not a state bridge or certainly not a federal bridge right so in terms of priorities you think about the federal government's got its requirements and the state's got things that it's responsible for i mean by the time it gets to the city level especially on something like a bridge this is the city's eating scraps I mean, let's face it. Let's go. Let me tell you those numbers again. You you mentioned them, but three point three billion is going to be uh, brought back to Mississippi. Only two hundred twenty five million is going to be for bridge replacement and repairs. You think about the needs Mississippi has just for replacement and repairs across. Not to mention new bridges that are needed. Just replacing and repairs, and this bridge being one seventy to one eighty million. I mean, there's no way we're going to get any portion of that from just 225 million right. because it's a city bridge the state's already going to have its priorities right. at the state level so that really speaks now people say well is there any other money well there actually is at the at the federal level but 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 you'll be intrigued by how little the numbers actually are 12.5 billion for what they call a bridge investment program these are for economically significant bridges 12.5 billion for the entire United States we right. can compete for that you think we got a chance for that on the city level no we don't. And then there's one other there's one other bucket of money. It's $16 billion for what they call national funding for major projects. Again, this would never be referred to as a national major project. While the bridge issue is, uh, you know, I, I hate that you have to deal with that issue, Fofo, because you got so many other things that are great for the city and positive for the city. But anyway, I'll give you the last word. Well, it's part of the challenge of, of leaving this, this beautiful, wonderful town. And you know it uh, uh, is something we got to handle, and, and you yeah. know uh, it, it's not going to go away. It's been there forever, and yeah. as far as I can remember, you know, uh, and so we just have to hammer out a way that's reasonable, you know, a reasonable response to uh, uh, the the problem it is, and, and we're trying yeah. to nail it down every every point. Well, it's, been, it's been great catching up with you, my friend, and uh, we'll see you again really, really soon. All right, brother. This has been uh, Mayor Fofo Gillich, and uh, we'll uh, see you tomorrow. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.